Exciting time. We're all uh, praying for Reggie Utchin and his family's safe travels, and we're also welcoming Jenny Utchin. Welcome. Uh, I wanted to thank them both for this opportunity. So it was, uh, it was a pretty hard time uh, thinking about um, what this message could possibly revolve around. Um, with the ones I've done in the past, I've never really like based it off the theme of the day or uh, anything of that sort, just because I never had that information lying around when I was, uh, you know, sitting down to think about it. So it was a similar situation with this one, but um, eventually just kind of all came together. Um, so bam, uh, the, the Book of Sam's. Anyone here ever uh, heard of this awesome book? Maybe? Um, so yeah, if you haven't, you've definitely been sleeping under a rock. Um, I'm sure we, we all have our own perspective of um, what this book signifies, what, what role it should play in our lives. Now, it's a, it's a very uh, popular book of the Bible, um, you know, to the point I'm sure we've all instinctively flipped to Sam's at times when uh, we didn't know where else to flip. Uh, I wanted to ask you all, you know, how many, uh, how many of you have ever had someone in your life tell you at some point, uh, or if you were even the one that said this, that, that you should read Sam's, but you should also try reading other parts of the Bible as well, right? Like, if it, like it, if it, ever, if it, ever, if it ever looked like you were focusing on this book too much, did anyone ever try to redirect your focus to other books? Any hands? Has that ever happened to you? I don't know. Well, for me, I've had certain people tell me that a good amount of times throughout my life, you know? And I know they were coming from a good place. Every book of the Bible has its own special importance. But I feel like every, every time I've been told to focus um, on other books while reading Sam's, I feel like, you know, saying that made, made it seem like Sam's didn't deserve our, our highest levels of focus as well, and I think it does. I feel like Sam's is uh, real uplifting and filled with light, and uh, at times we may take it for granted, so... That being said, uh, I think it's up to us to be the change, so I feel like surfing through this incredible book could be a cool focus for this message today. So to start off, I sifted through some basic facts about the book of Sam, just to refresh my own memory as well. Um, so each Sam can be known as a lyric poem, which can be defined as a passage that expresses the emotions of the poet. Uh, they were composed over a span of about a thousand years. Earliest one was Sam's 90 by Moses. About a third of them have no assigned authors. The rest, there were 73 by David, 12 by 
Asaf, and you could read the rest, Descendants of Korah, Solomon, Moses, Haman, and Ethan. So yeah, I feel like looking at who wrote each book uh, can also help us think about the book as a whole. But at this point, we might as well uh, dive into the actual book. Uh, now, since there's 150 lyric poems in this book, uh, we definitely won't have time to surf through each one. But I think we, should, uh, we could just swim through certain por portions of certain books at a good pace, and uh, we'll be good. So let's check out the first few verses of uh, Sam's 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. So uh, I'm not really here to create any revolutionary insights, but my hope is that uh, just by putting focus on some of these verses, the insights can naturally come to us. Um, the verse that stuck out to me here was uh, verse 3, just to read it again. He, he's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. So it's cool to think about. Um, all of us is trees planted by streams of water, which uh, yields its fruit in season. Uh, I feel like this picture reminds us to stay patient throughout all of our endeavors, uh, gives us hope by telling us that all our actions will eventually prosper when the appropriate season comes. So I feel like these voices are really strong thoughts of faith, uh, thoughts of faith that could like help us through certain times of doubt. So let's look at uh, Sam's three next. Um, so, oh Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you are a shield around me, O oh Lord. You bestow glory on me and lift up my head. To the Lord I cry aloud, and he answers me from his holy hill. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear the tens of thousands drawn up against me on every side. So that verse right there, verse 6, reminded me of a verse in Psalms 91, which we'll look at in a few moments. But uh, it's cool to think about. I don't, I don't know if any of us have ever had uh, tens of thousands of enemies drawn up against us on every side. But I bet there were moments in our lives, you know, where it could have felt that way. And a Sam like this could really connect with that feeling. So uh, I just wanted to read two, uh, the first two verses of Sam's 9 next. Um, I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonders. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. So we already know that there's a big pattern of just praising God with all of one's heart throughout all of Sam's. And these two verses are a good uh, representation of that theme. Uh, it just had me thinking about all the times throughout my life where, you know, I, I may have not had the best day and just opened up to a Sam like this and ended up reciting these thoughts of praise. So just made me reflect on how this book is a great instrument to aim our focus in, a, like, a better direction. So um, Sam's 15 is the next one that we could dive into. Um, Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary? Who may live on your holy hill? The one whose walk is blameless and who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart and has no slander on his tongue, who does his neighbor no wrong and casts no slur on his fellow man, who despises a vile man but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps an oath even when it hurts, who lends money to the poor without interest and does not accept a bribe against the innocent. Whoever does these things will never be shaken. So I feel like this one speaks for itself. Um, definitely a good reference point for the kind of life that we may wish to live. Uh, just to like a lot of these Sams, really. Um, only got to Sam 15, and I was just amazed and like re-reminded of just the amount of light that's just like spread across this book. Um, only going to focus on a few more here, so no worries if you're slowly getting worn out. Um, I'm sure we all have Sam's 23 memorized, so I'll let y'all 
play that one out in your heads. Um, I figured we could read two verses from Psalms 27 and then just hop right to Psalms 91 after that. Um, so Psalms 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So these are some pretty powerful verses. Uh, for one, it's stating facts that the, the Lord is our light, our salvation, and the stronghold of our life. And then it's asking us, if this is the case, then who shall we fear? Of whom shall we be afraid? So um, as I mentioned, when we were reading uh, verse 6 of Psalms 3, which said, um, I will not fear the tens of thousands drawn up against me on every side. That it reminded me of a verse from Psalms 91, which I'm sure y'all are familiar with. Uh, this is one of my own personal favorite Psalms to read whenever. Um, every verse just flows real well one after the other. And as we're getting closer to the end of this message, I just wanted to spend a second to think about each one of these verses. Um, it starts off with, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I feel like this verse is saying a lot of things at once. You know, it's saying that we have a shelter in the Most High, and that if we dwell in that shelter, we'll find a rest in the shadow of the Almighty, which is just a very comforting and assuring thought. And along with the next uh, few verses, I will say to the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, and my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the eye that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys in midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. So that verse right there, verse 7, uh, was the verse I said was similar to Psalms 3, verse 6, which said, I will not fear the tens of thousands drawn up against me on every side. So it's cool to see both of these Psalms use the same uh, large numbering, just to show how much faith is involved in these situations. And since we're already halfway there, I feel like we should just read through the rest of this psalm. Um, you'll only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the most high your dwelling, even the Lord who is in refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent. For you will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I'll rescue him. I'll protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I'll answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I'll deliver him and honor him. With long life, will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So yeah, I don't even want to add any of my thoughts to that masterpiece. I just thought it would be cool if we all read that through together. Um, so I figured the best way to wrap all this up could be uh, in the same way that Sam's wraps up with the, uh, the very last book, Sam's 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings and flute. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you. understand it or see it or acknowledge it, Lord, but this day is a blessing because it was given to us, Lord. This day is a blessing because we have breath, Lord, and as we heard in the last psalm, Lord, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Are we doing that daily, Lord? Are we showing you our praise? No matter what happens in this world, Lord, we know our prosperity lies in the gift of heaven, Lord, the gift of glory that we have. We could 
be rejected by this world, given nothing in this world, have no successes in this world, but we have your grace, and is that enough for us? If we understand that we have your grace, that we've never deserved, Lord, but you gifted to us, Lord, that should be enough for us. That should be enough for us to be overflowing with joy, overflowing with assurance, overflowing, overflowing with the knowledge, Lord, that you have a better place waiting for us, Lord. You have many mansions that you are building for us, your children, Lord, because we are adopted into your family, Lord. We are co-heirs with you, your son, Lord, and we thank you for that, Lord. Every single day, Lord, we should be uttering our praises for you, Lord. Yeah, we may suffer financial difficulties, Lord. We may be sick, Lord. We may be going through trials, Lord. We may lose loved ones in our lives, Lord. We may not get into the school we want to, Lord. We may not get the best grades we want to, Lord. We may be struggling in life, Lord. We may not have friends or family to support us or encourage us, Lord. But we have you. We have your grace. And we have your love and your mercy that's always showered upon us, Lord. And is that enough, Lord? And which should be enough, Lord. And remind us of that daily, Lord. That you came and you suffered, Lord. And you struggled through this world for us, Lord. You walked this world as man, Lord. And took upon every burden, every sin, Lord. Every punishment, Lord. And put it on that cross so that we could be saved, Lord. You put it on that cross, Lord, so we have a second chance, Lord, and we are waiting, Lord, that day when we can join you in glory and perfect peace, Lord. Lord, during our time in this world, Lord, remind us to use every single day to its fullest, Lord, and as much as we can, Lord. Remind us, Lord, to be not just speaking your praises on Sunday, but every single day of our lives, Lord. I ask you to be with those, Lord, who may be suffering or struggling in silence, Lord, who may just need a little bit of hope, Lord, another prayer, Lord, who may need a little bit of support, Lord, and are not getting it, Lord. Remind us, Lord, as your children, Lord, we have a duty and a task in this world to bring and make others disciples, Lord, to bring them to you, Lord, and to remind them of your glory, Lord. I ask you to be with those who are sick and suffering, Lord, those who are in the hospital, Lord, those who are going through various treatments, Lord, those who may not be physically sick, those who may be suffering mentally, Lord, those who may be suffering spiritually, Lord, whatever.